Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Mark Romano, the chairman of the Chiropractic Trust. The Chiropractic Trust is proud and excited to bring you interviews with the top practicing chiropractors on the planet. The Chiropractic Trust is dedicated to non-therapeutic straight chiropractic exclusively and without compromise. And by non-therapeutic straight chiropractic, what I'm saying is the definition that the Chiropractic Trust adheres to, that chiropractic is the analysis and the facilitation of the correction of vertebral subluxations because they, in and of themselves, are detrimental to the expression of innate intelligence. Chiropractic is all education toward this objective. Chiropractic is nothing else. The purpose of the Chiropractic Trust is to be a credible resource for all chiropractors practicing and desiring to practice in the non therapeutic model. We are also a place of learning, which is one reason why we do these interviews, and we are a place of fellowship. So if you're not yet a member, we encourage you to join for just $35 a month. You can help bring the message of the habit of chiropractic and the detrimental effect of vertebral subluxations to the world. And the only profession that's skilled, educated, and has the heart to bring the correction of vertebral subluxations to the world, which are chiropractors, and that one exclusive purpose and the importance of that purpose unduplicated in the world. We need more chiropractors. And we have a uh, fabulous and a favorite chiropractor of mine that I'm going to be interviewing today. I'm super excited for this interview. Been looking forward to this for three weeks. I have on the call with me is Dr. Alana Ogan, who is amazing. How's it going, Doc? <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Everything is amazing. Now, Dr. Alana is a powerful chiropractor, happens to be female, and we're going to hear some of the different perspectives of being a female in, in this profession and the need for more females to be in this profession. Now, Dr. Alana uh, graduated in 2008 from uh, Northwestern Health Sciences. Uh, she currently practices in Sioux Falls with her husband and two children. Um, now, I don't believe your husband's a chiropractor. Is that correct? He is not. No, he was a teacher for a lot of years and then switched out of the teaching profession into um, the construction field. He works with a siding company now. That's awesome. And, he's, and, and Mark, he still hmm? wants to come down. He still wants to come down and uh, attempt to um, spar with you, jujitsu. Yes. Spar jujitsu and throw me around because I do understand he's a very accomplished uh, wrestler. Isn't that correct? He is. He is. And uh, so one of these days we're going to get down there to visit you. Yeah. I would. I would love that because I could. I could stand to get thrown around. Around now, is he a um, uh, South Dakota State champion? He no. Um, he wrestled at Northern State University, which is a small uh, school in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Um, but he was not a champion. Well, trust me, you wrestling up there, you're a champion. They have some of the most dominant wrestlers in the world <laughs> in that North Dakota, Minnesota area. Just incredible athletes, Iowa. I mean, I don't know why it works that way. It just does. So um, yeah, there's no doubt that uh, <laughs> can bring the heat. So tell us, tell us about your journey. Uh, tell us what got you into chiropractic, Doc, and, um, and then we'll get into uh, your practice and how long you've been in practice. So how, what inspired you to become a chiropractor? That's a really good question that people have asked before, and it's, 
it's kind of a it's kind of a journey in and of itself. I mean, uh, my mom had a ton of chiropractic when she was growing or when I was growing up, um, and so through her, I would have and I was a I was an athlete in college and high school and everything else. So um, I would do the occasional um, adjustments as a kid, just um, you know through sports if something was was wrong with me. Um, and then I went off and played volleyball in college. And while I say I got a degree in volleyball, I also did get a degree in microbiology, um, but I had no idea what I was going to do with it. And then I graduated college and I moved on with life and I got a job and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I had a friend who was a chiropractic assistant in a chiropractic office in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And she Uh was going, she decided to go become a chiropractor. And my thought was, gosh, you know, I really liked chiropractic when I was younger. Maybe I could take her spot as a chiropractic assistant when she goes off to college and was talking to um, the chiropractor who owned the office. And she's like, yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. And I kid you not, one day I was driving in my car thinking about the idea of becoming a chiropractic assistant. And this, I, like, I, maybe it was one of those BJ thought flashes. I don't know. But um, I was just like, you know what? No. I don't want to be a CA. I would rather be a chiropractor. And so I asked my friend who was starting chiropractic school about, you know, the, the requirements and all these different things. And she said, go check out this website. And I was looking at it. It just so yeah. happened that all of my microbiology undergrad degree uh classes were these prereq requirements needed for chiropractic school. So I applied to school in July. I got accepted to school in August, and I started school in January of that year. Didn't have a clue what I was getting into. (laughs) Right, right. Most of us don't, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when you were at school, I believe you had the opportunity to speak and listen to Reggie Gold, is that correct? Well, yes. Um, yes. Uh, Reggie came, he came once while I was in school, and I went and listened to him, but at the time, I just don't think my brain was quite ready for what he had to say, and I didn't yeah. really hear it. And then he came again and spoke to our school uh, right after I had graduated from chiropractic school, and I was actually working in a chiropractic office as an associate um, in just a very traditional insurance accepting um, office, and it was there when Reggie came that I finally heard his message, and everything started to click for me. Yeah. Yeah, and so now you're out and you graduated when it clicked. How did that change your career? Sent it on a completely different trajectory. Because um, at that point, so once I graduated, I had listened to some of Reggie Gold's uh, audio that I know he left in each of the chiropractic school libraries. And um, I had had a friend, Dr. Rhett Ruley, who practices in Sioux City, Iowa, and he had gone on this crazy journey and had gone out to Reggie's uh, home and had stayed with him and visited all these different chiropractic offices out on the East Coast. 
And so when Reggie came that second time, uh, I was sitting down. There was, there was a break in the, in the conference, and I was sitting at a table, and it just so happened that Reggie sat at my table. And um, he was asking some questions, and I made the comment how my friend Rhett had come out to visit him. He said, oh, yes, that was such a great experience. We loved Rhett. And I said, I would love to have, I would love to come out and visit you also. And he said, yes, call my assistant. I think her name was Barbara. Um, if I remember right, this was, we're talking like, what, 12, 13 years ago this all happened. And um, um, he said, call my assistant and we'll schedule something for you to come out. And I walked away from the table after that in absolute shock and awe. <laughs> <laughs> So you so you went out and how long did you stay? So um, I I went out in like I think it was September, the month of September, and yeah. stayed for I think it was five days. I flew in and I had rented a car, um, stayed in Reggie and Irene's home, um, and then Reggie had given me a list of some various chiropractic offices to kind of use his home and then one day travel to a couple offices and the next day travel to a couple offices and the next day travel to a couple offices and then at the end of each day um, come home to his place and Irene would cook a dinner and we would get to sit and talk about what I saw, what I learned and what questions I had about that particular day. It was like, I mean, I got to stay in a celebrity's house. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they were so gracious. They're just wonderful, wonderful folks. So, oh, definitely. Now, you go back, and did you have to um, – how did you change, like, your practice? So tell us a bit how you transitioned from being associate to having your own office. Well, everything changed in that visit out to Reggie's. And at that point – so that was September – um, I was, I, I knew that I was not going to be staying at the office that I was in. I knew that, um, I was practicing in Minnesota at the time in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I knew that for me after that visit out to all those offices and Reggie's, there was no way I was going to find someone to practice the way that I knew I now wanted to practice. And so at that point I made the decision, well, I'm going to have to open my own office. And if I'm going to open my own office, where do I want to be for the next 30 years of my life till I'm ready to retire? And I figured at that point, well, I'm probably going to want to go back to South Dakota, which is, I grew up in South Dakota. Um, but I knew I didn't want to go back to my hometown because it was a lot smaller. And so I moved to, made the decision to move to Sioux Falls. Um uh-huh. And I moved February 1st of that next year. So it was September that I had my trip to Reggie's. February 1st, I moved to Sioux Falls and started the process of finding a place to live, looking for office space, um, just all the nitty-gritties of opening an office. Sure. And then I opened, I opened May 1st. And that would have been 2010 because I just celebrated my 10-year office anniversary. Wow. That's just amazing. So May 1st, 2010, you have your grand opening. 
Um, now, what did you do when you first opened your office to create the awareness of your transition and also your location? I didn't do much, <laughs> honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I had had several conversations with uh, Joe, Don Joe D. also at that point, um, the very great mm -hmm. godfather, Joe D. Yeah, um, and... I remember something that he'd always said resonated with me, and that was um, that you're not going to grow your business overnight, that um, it's just going to be, you know, two to three new people every week over the long term. Um, some of them are going to stay. A lot of them are going to leave, and it, you're just, you know, you're slowly going to build that office over time. And so with that objective in my head, I uh, I got a – job in town as a uh, waitress in a in a local restaurant um and i worked my on at the restaurant on tuesdays thursdays and saturdays and i worked in my office on mondays wednesdays and fridays um and i didn't have what a marketing strategy like a marketing calendar and all those things like a lot of people do um i worked three days a week and i met a ton of people through my job at the restaurant, and that is where I initially met a ton of these people that started coming in my office, whether they were yeah. um, coworkers, fellow fellow servers at the restaurant. Um, I actually got in trouble with my managers at the restaurant because patrons, regular patrons who knew I was a chiropractor would call the restaurant asking for my office contact information so mm -hmm. that they could come in and be new people in my office. Um, uh -huh. I wasn't allowed to talk about my chiropractic office at the restaurant unless people asked me about it. So I never brought it up, but people would always say things like, gosh, you know, what else do you do besides besides serving? Because um, you, you do something else besides that. And then that would right. be my opening, and I would say, oh, I opened a chiropractic office, and we'd start talking about it. So awesome. So awesome. So let me, because I've known you for many years. Uh, I don't know mm -hmm. if you may have been, yes, and it's been a, such a pleasure for me. You have <laughs> a magnetic personality. I mean, I don't remember meeting you. I just remember always being comfortable and feeling so inviting around you. Did Did the service industry help refine these skills because everywhere you go, you're just a magnet of positive energy and you love people. You make, you're very charming. You make people feel so good about themselves. Did the service, obviously it helped you build the practice because people felt that it positive energy and they knew there was, there was a lot, a lot to you. Did the service industry, while you were building your practice, which I love that you did that, did it help you refine your skills of communication or, um, you, know, uh, you know, any quality that you could think of? Yes. And by the way, you made me blush with all those really nice things you said about me. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's why I wish we did this on video. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had never worked in the service industry prior to um this this time in my life and mm -hmm. um i firmly believe now having been having had that experience and i worked i worked there for three and a half years before i felt ready to let go of that piece and just just do my chiropractic office um 
but uh, anyone who has never worked in a service industry, I think it is important to because the the skills that you learn, um, the you know just the people interactions um, specifically, uh, the thing I think I it, that the service industry really helped me do. Um, you know, everybody comes in my office on a weekly basis now, and they might only spend five minutes or less in my office, but to learn how to have a meaningful impactful conversation with somebody for those few short minutes that they are in my office, I think is a skill that was honed in in the service industry. Because, you know, as a, as a waitress, as a server, you walk up to that table, you introduce yourself. Really the only thing they want to do is, you know, have you put their order in, you bring them their food, you make sure it was a good experience for them. You only have those, you know, a few key moments to to make sure that your presence is impacted in a service industry and I think that really carried over into how I how I am in my office now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That present time consciousness, that ability to have the impact. because um, I believe that, you know, five minutes we can have a powerful impact. Two minutes we can when we're focused, mm-hmm. when we're prepared. So that preparation is key and it doesn't take Sometimes 20, 15, 10 seconds we can change uh, a person's day or life. So, yeah, I love that. I think that right there for folks listening right now is the powerful nugget that you are looking for. So now you're in practice or one of those powerful nuggets. How long were you in practice before you became pregnant? Uh, Let's see. Um my my first baby was born on New Year's Eve of 2017. So 2017. So I had I had seven years to uh, to to build my office and get things strong there before we entered into the uh, the parenting realm of life. Yes, this is amazing. So I I want to think that I've done everything in chiropractic, Doc. I really do. You have me beat because I have never <laughs> been pregnant uh, when I was in the office. Um, so now, please help us with this amazing dynamic. How how did you adapt your office to being pregnant? Because you did this, if I'm not mistaken, you did this twice. Is that correct? I have done this twice. Yes, I have a I have a two and a half year old little boy, and I have a ten month old little boy. Amazing. And um, I tell you what, trust. Um, it was it was scary having having babies uh, and changing the dynamics in the office was crazy scary. Number one, because um, I am a I am a manual adjuster, and um, I, there were a lot of things I had to change because I couldn't physically adjust the way that I like to. I, I typically am a side posture adjuster and. When you have a growing baby in your belly, there comes a point in time where you can't adjust that way anymore. Um, and so, number one, it was changing. You know, kind of, you know, like we all have our A game. We have the thing that our most comfortable way that we adjust. And then, for somebody to say, "Okay, for the next four months, you can't adjust that way. You have to go to your B game adjusting." Um, it was scary for me, number one, because I was afraid people were going to leave because I couldn't adjust them the way that they were used to being adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was 
you know, questioning my own competency and, well, gosh, okay, so this is my B game adjusting. Am I doing as good a job as I was with the way that I like to adjust? Um, you know, I mean, you know, having to trust that, yeah, this is that, I, that I'm still doing, I'm still making a difference and I'm still doing the right thing. It's just yeah. going about it in a different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. See, I would never have thought of that. And so now you adapted in that way. Did you, how did you adapt in your office hours during the pregnancy and after uh, childbirth? Yes. Uh, well, for starters, God was very kind to me and he, um, both of my labors were, or my, my, my pregnancies were pretty uncomplicated. Um, and so I worked right up, let's see, um, with my first pregnancy, my, my baby was four days late. With my second pregnancy, he was two days late. So I worked right up until the week before I was pregnant with both kids. Um, wow. so yeah, I was, I was nine months, fully nine months pregnant and adjusting. Um, but then I, so once babies were born, um, I ended up, I only took two full weeks off from each, from each pregnancy. Um, and I had to, this is the part where the, the incredible trust came in because I had to ask, uh, some chiropractors to come in and help adjust in my office for certain hours for a period of time. And that was the scariest part because number one, um, these are, well, the one chiropractor that came in on my first pregnancy was Dr. Rhett Ruley. I mentioned him already. Um, Sioux City, I was only about an hour away and Mm -hmm. he actually lives between Sioux Falls and Sioux City. So he covered my office two days a week, just afternoons from three to six, um, for the first six weeks after my baby was born. And then I had another chiropractor friend here in town who is not, who does not practice in the non or in the uh, non-therapeutic model. Uh, but he was somebody who understood very clearly what it is that I do. And I had mm-hmm. him come in one day a week. So for that first, for my first baby, Rhett came in from three to six on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then uh, Corey is the other gentleman. He came in on Fridays from 3 to 6. Um, and so I took two full weeks off. And for those two full weeks, I just had those three afternoons that my office was open. And then yeah. that third week back, each week from the third week through the sixth week, I just kept adding more hours. So the, first, so the third week after my baby was born, I worked three hours. The second, so then the the fourth week I worked six hours, the fifth week I worked twelve hours, and then the sixth week I was back to my my twenty hours of adjusting a week, and the other the guest chiropractors were done. Amazing, amazing. Um, now, if I may ask this question, and um, feel free to decline. <laughs> yes, without going into any specific numbers. How did you pay in the chiropractors that were filling in? Did you pay them a percentage, or did you guys set a flat fee? Uh, well, the nice thing—the nice thing about—and uh, so I should—and I, let me add that my my second baby, the my maternity leave looked very much the same as the first. The only difference is, uh, Rhett, 
his wife had had twins just a few months before my second was born, so he was not available. And I ended up having another chiropractor in town who, um, again, does not practice the way that I do, but understands the way that I practice. He came in two days a week for me. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, Mark, what was the question that you asked? I, I was too busy in my backstory. I forgot. <laughs> no, no, I think this is just great stuff. And for folks who are kind of maybe in, in a similar situation, if there's any female chiropractors who perhaps were in a similar situation, or even folks interested in having um, a, a doc come in to fill in with them, um, one of the questions was... Oh, payment. Was, payment. That's yes, what you asked. Payment. Yes. Um, and so... Without so going with, into specific numbers. Yeah, well, well, with with my first pregnancy, um, Rhett, since he runs... I have a box on the wall office. And Rhett also has a box on the wall office down in Sioux City, Iowa. So he fully understood that it was not going to be easy for me to um, commit to giving him a dollar amount um, right off the top. Just number one, having you know, going from 20 adjusting hours a week to only having the nine hours a week when I was gone completely. How many people are going to be able to get in? How much are they going? You know, how much are they going to be paying when it's not me? When it's a guest chiropractor? Um, there were just so many factors that I didn't know what to expect. Um, and yeah. so Rhett fully understood that um, he just he just said, you know what, we both have honor fee systems. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to trust you to pay me a fair fee based on whatever income you have coming in, And uh, which was just super awesome on his part. And then with the, the other chiropractor who was coming in just once a week, um, he, I, there have been many times over the years where when people were not a fit in my office, you know, if they came in and um, I kind of explained to them what it is that I do in the non-therapeutic straight model, and they said, no, no, I just want to get adjusted. I want this pain to go away. I don't want to come back. Um, this other gentleman, is, is he's the person that I would refer to, uh, awesome. refer them to. And um, so when he, I asked him to help me with my maternity leave, he just said, you know what, you sent me – so many referrals over the years. Um, just consider this consider this my my payback to you. So basically, what you're saying is this: because you're so giving and you help so many people, that all of this came back to you. And you know, I, I and I've known you, like I said, for a long time. If you have the ability to help somebody, you're just so excited to do so. And everything yes. worked out perfect. Just returned to you. I, I, I love this. This is amazing. Um, yeah, it was. It was very humbling. Um, yeah. To just to just have all that poured, you know, that love poured on me. Yes. Yes. Was it difficult because you're so accustomed to doing the one that's pouring the love? Was it difficult for you to be able to um, initially accept this? Um, generosity from folks who love you so much in your field? It was. It, I mean, it, yeah, number one, being a first-time first time parent, I mean, there were, there were so many new things, and then to get all of this, you know, um, just this sense of giving come to me, it was, it, was, it was hard to accept. That's probably a really good way to say it. Um, but then on the flip side of that, it was also an, a huge and incredible relief um, just to know that you know my finances could change drastically um, with the maternity leave, with having you know with baby, um, to just know that um, 
that the people that that were here and that um, you know the every that I was taking care of. Now it was a huge stress reliever for me to know that they you know they were like, hey, we've got this. You just you go. You have your baby. You take your time coming back. We're here. We've got the people, and even all the people in my office who were just so overwhelmingly happy that uh, you know that that we were starting our family. I, every single day when I would come, I would come home with armloads of gifts. All the people in my office that were bringing baby <laughs> gifts. Um, it was it was un, unreal. And then on top of all of that, um, the fact that my office, you know, financially speaking, didn't really take a hit. Um, the people that were coming made sure that they were, you know, they wanted to make sure that the guests, they were so happy that I had set up guest chiropractors. They were so thankful that there was going to be a way for them to still get adjusted that uh, they, they just, you know, they financially wanted to make sure that they took care of me so that I could take care of the guest chiropractors. Wow. Wow. Never, never in a hundred thousand million years would I have expected all of that to be the way it was. Um, yeah. And I'm curious as to how many more times you're going to say that in your lifetime. Um, because (laughs) you give and you love so much, so, you know, this topic, I mean, we could have we could have a whole week of interview on this. Um, I know you and I have, have, you know, agreed so much that both of us would love to see more females in the chiropractic profession. Um, yes. Is, yes, for so many reasons, so, so many reasons. Is, is there something, um, another perhaps, adversity you overcame or obstacle you overcame or, you know, something fabulous that you would love to share with our audience, you know, especially women, because, you know, I, I'm very, you know, transparent about this. I want, I want more women in chiropractic. I want more female chiropractors. How, how would you, what kind of message, and I know I'm throwing a lot at would you say that would inspire more women to consider chiropractic as a profession? Um, chiropractic as a profession in general, uh, I mean, you, you know, I mean, most of the people, a lot of people listening here, I mean, chiropractic is amazing. It's uh, everything about it. Uh, you know, like I said, when I started school, I just, I started on a whim and short, you know, not long into chiropractic, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, this is what I was made to do. This is, this is my calling. Um, and then to finally have found, uh, you know, the, the, the philosophical and, you know, the true understanding of the subluxation, um, our jobs are amazing. And from a female perspective, to practice in a non-therapeutic straight office, um, it is, it is the, the greatest job that you can have as a, as a, as a mother, um, as, a, as a parent, because... Um, number one, for me, I always wanted to, I always wanted to be a parent. I always wanted to be able to contribute financially to my family. And I work 20 hours a week. And when I'm not working those 20 hours in my office, I am with my boys. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not paying someone 40 hours a week daycare to, to watch my kids. Um, I get to be a full-time parent, a part-time chiropractor, contribute 
um, a full-time income, I mean, honestly, I get to have it all. I really do. That's great. I get to, and um, my job is flexible as far as, you know what, because I own my business, because my family, you know, everybody that comes to my office comes here weekly. They've all heard stories about my kids. When I get really cute pictures of my kids, I do show and tell, and I love to show people. Um, if my kids need to be here for a couple of hours at the office, they can be. And it's cool. And nobody, you know, the people in my office love it. They love to see my kids. Um, now, granted, COVID has changed things a little bit. Um, as far you know, my, and my kids, my mom watches my kids, so she's got them at home. They're not here that often right now, but they could be. And it would be awesome. Yes, yes, absolutely. In you know, Alana, you say part-time chiropractor. I, I, I don't agree with that, and I'll tell you why. Because the amount of time it takes to do anything is irrelevant. The only thing that matters is quality. And a few things I'm certain of, you give incredibly high quality, you give all of your practice members an amazing experience, and it really doesn't matter if it takes you 40 hours, 20 hours, or 80 hours to do that. You're doing it. You're doing it in the way that's convenient for your members to come in. So I think you're, I know you're making an incredible impact in your community. And the fact that you have this quality time with your family, yes, you do have it all. Just don't undersell it. You're, you're not a part-time <laughs> chiropractor. You are a full-time leader in this wonderful profession and in this model as well. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I'm yeah, I part time though in the sense of a forty hour a week job, and I I work twenty hours. That in that sense, part time. But no, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't agree with the forty hour work week either. I think look, it takes the time, whatever time, to get the job done. That's it. So somebody yeah. came up with this forty hours. I don't know who, when, where, or whatever the case was, but you know. I think um, I think the impact that you have is incredible. Um, what does your husband think of of how you practice? He loves it. He absolutely loves it. Um, so the funny thing, I moved here, I bought a little house, and five months later, the little house—I say a little house because it's a little two-bedroom, one-bath house—and five months later, the house across the street went up for sale. And when I moved into my house. None of the neighbors came and introduced themselves, and I was kind of disappointed in that. So when this house across the street went up for, or sold, I went and introduced myself. And you know what? I ended up marrying that guy. Um, wow. <laughs> so, wow. so, uh, so he's been around since my office was about five months old, and he's been through um, all, the, all the growth, all of the ups, all the downs, all of everything. Um, he's been there every step of the way with me, which is I'm, I'm proud to say that. Um, and he had had chiropractic experiences before, but never anything like what I explained to him. And, um, I mean, he's, he's so proud of what he, of what I do that when he's sitting down, um, with builders and contractors, um, and they're talking about families and family life and different things. Um, I've actually had contractors start coming into my office because of all of the wonderful things he said about my, me and my office to these guys that he's having lunch with. <laughs> That's so, so how, how great is it when your spouse is 100% on board 
with your purpose and mission? Uh, it, it's, it's probably the best gift of all the gifts because um, we, we see eye to eye on everything. You know, I mean, yes, it might be my chiropractic office, but it's our chiropractic office, and we make every decision of things that are going to happen here together. And he, uh, he, he, yeah, he's just he's the most supportive person I could have ever asked for when it comes to that. That's just amazing. In in your practice, the 10 years that you have been in practice, is there anything you would have done differently? Who is there anything I would have done differently? You know what? No. Well, okay, I take that back. The one thing I would have done differently, I have been in the same building since I started my practice. I, I ended up getting luck, lucky with the real estate. The space that I picked ended up being just a wonderful uh, area for me to be in. Um, and when I was one year into practice, the building went up for sale. And at the time, I wasn't, my office wasn't, wasn't in a financial place where I could afford it. But I, I look back now and I wish, gosh, I wish I owned this building. <laughs> That's the one thing I would have done differently. That's just great advice. Now, uh, this is so, so many areas that are powerful, and I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day um, to talk with us and to inspire our listeners. You know, um, Alana has been a longtime member of the Chiropractic Trust, and um, can I get you to verbally commit to a trust seminar in the future because I know we have a lot of people that would love to come and hear your message. I would love to. Yes. Now that when my, when my babies are getting a little bit older here, yes, I, I would love to. I don't know. I don't know what I could possibly say that people would want to hear, but I would sure, I would sure talk and you know, if they glean a, a, an important nugget or two, then you know what, then I feel like I'm happy. Yeah, well, I know I would love to hear it, and I guarantee you there's a lot of people like me out there that would be inspired and benefit greatly from your message. So give our audience one last thought, powerful thought, something that inspires you, something that gets you through difficult times, something that uplifts you, something maybe perhaps you think about every every morning before you go into the office or, or something that helps keep you focused and determined uh, is there any bit of advice that you'd have for our audience? Um, I don't. It's not necessarily when I wake up every morning. It's when I go to sleep every night. Um, yeah. I put my head on my pillow, and I have a little smile on my face every night because I know that every single person that I got to see that day is now a better expression of health themselves. They get to go out in the world after they are have those subluxations removed and they get to live up to their full life potential every single day. And I know that somehow I had a little tiny part in that and that's making everything a little bit better. That's just amazing. And and how much value and worth does that add to your life? That's everything. I mean, there's like you said before. There's nothing in this world that makes me happier than than giving to others. Um, whether it's whether it's connecting people, um, whether it's um, 
uh, you know, just just knowing that that they are that they are a full expression of their their body's potential. Um, just giving makes me happy, and so when I heard about this model of practice. It was it was everything I knew that I hadn't been looking for that now I couldn't live without because it was it was everything that I wanted. Yes, and I got to tell you, I mean, even in this conversation, your energy and your spirit is overwhelmingly positive, and the difference that you make in this world, myself, our profession, our model, forever grateful. Aw, thanks, Mark. You're making me blush again. (laughs) Doc, I want to thank you for your time. Um, I want to thank you for your insight, your knowledge, your experience, and I want to thank thank you for your verbal commitment to a seminar in the future where we could see you, meet you live in person. (laughs) Super excited for that. Um, Folks, uh, Dr. Alana is is practicing up in up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, what's the best way if somebody wanted to contact you, Doc? What would be the best way to contact you? Uh, you know, my my website's got an email address that sends right to me. Um, the The website is uh, activefamilychirosd.com. Um, I can't. What is my 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 email address off the top of my head? I think is just Alana, A L A N N A at activefamilychirosd.com. I think that's what it is. Double check the website for sure. Um, but reach out. Um, you know, send an email. We can find a time to connect, have a conversation. Um, I, I love talking to people, and I love talking about chiropractic. So. That's great. That's great. You can't beat that open invitation. Doc, thank you so much. It's such a a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you soon, and I look forward to the impact you will continue to make in chiropractic. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the interview. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Um, Have a a subluxation-free day. (laughs) 